This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hello, my dear friends, and welcome back to another episode of Heart of Dating today. I'm your host, Kate Warman, and I just want you to know, you guys, I am just so honored knowing that you take the time to listen to this podcast. So whatever you're doing right now, thank you. Thanks for listening. Now today, you're in for something really special. I always love it when I get to have really amazing friends onto the podcast, and today I had the absolute joy and pleasure to invite two of my very best friends, who also happen to be one of my favorite couples of all time, Jessica and Vincent Shakir, onto the podcast. Oh my gosh, you guys are going to fall in love with them, seriously. Now, I have known Jess for so many years now, and she is one of my dearest best friends, and just two and a half years ago, I had the honor of seeing Jessica get married to Vincent Shakir, and I was honored to also stand alongside of them in their beautiful, amazing wedding day, and it was such a treat. It's a day I will always remember. Let me also tell you guys, these dear friends of mine have one of the most beautiful, powerful, encouraging, and extensive backgrounds of stories. Their story covers topics such as dating after divorce, staying pure, dating later in life, getting married in your 30s being a 36-year-old virgin, and even not kissing until engagement. Yep, you guys heard all of that right. This episode is going to encourage you in so many different ways. I am just thrilled to be able to share their story with you today. So let me introduce you to the amazing Jessica and Vincent Shakir. Jessica has been working as a hair and makeup artist for 22 years with a celebrity clientele that includes Colby Calais, Kevin Bacon, Grace Park, The Backstreet Boys, and even Eminem. Now, as a TV beauty expert, Jessica has been regularly featured on national TV segments on shows including ABC's Fab Life and The Dr. Oz Show. She is currently the key artist for Praise and Better Together on TBN and has worked on set of The Talk, Steve Harvey, Wendy Williams, and America's Next Top Model. Jessica is the founder of My Beauty BFF, an educational platform specializing in inner beauty and makeup workshops for the woman who's passionate about blending beauty and faith. Jess will help you look gorgeous, but more importantly, she'll empower you to feel beautiful and live brave so you can fulfill your God-given assignment here on earth. Let me tell you, she does just that. Now her amazing hubby Vincent has a very extensive work history in consulting, sales, hospitality, retail management, and real estate from all over the nation. He's a true entrepreneur at heart and we joke about that today, it's amazing. Vincent has a heart to give back and has worked with over 40 nonprofit organizations across the nation. 
Now in recent years, Vincent has added the title of photographer to his list of professions. He has found that his experience in life, professionally, personally, and spiritually, has allowed him to capture his clients in a beautiful and unique way. You guys, together, two of them make a dynamic doer that just showers light and love and joy to every single person that we meet. They have such a heart for relationships and are incredibly hospitable and love discipling singles and couples. Now I want to give you guys a quick caveat because we talked about so much and our conversation was so rich that we actually ended up going so long. So I decided to split it into two parts. So stick with us and I highly encourage you to listen to both part one and part two. Today in part one, we're really focusing on how to have hope in your singleness as you date later in life and as you date being a virgin in Jessica's case and as you date after divorce as in Vincent's case. Then next week in part two, we're really going to dive into how the two of them were able to keep so strong with physical boundaries and maintaining those boundaries within their 30s while having a lot of amazing sexual chemistry. And then we also dive deeper into what it looked like for Jessica to really maintain her abstinence and being a virgin into the latter half of her 30s. Such a good episode today. You guys are going to love it. So without further ado, here's my interview with Jessica and Vincent Shakir. Jess and Vincent Shakir, my dear friends. Hey, sister. So happy to have you on Hearted Dating today. Thanks for having us. I can't believe it's taken this long. You guys are some of my best friends. I just love you so much. Thank you. And I'm excited that now all the Hearted Dating people get to hear about who you guys are and your story. That's always inspired me. And so, yeah, you guys just have such a beautiful story. So I would just love to kind of dive right into talking about some of that. But will you first, before that, just introduce yourselves individually, who you are, what you're passionate about, so people sure know who thing. you guys Wait, are. Okay, thank you for having <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm Jessica Shakir. I'm a married woman, y'all. Shakir, what your mama gave you. Yes. Oh, okay. I am I'm a, a daughter of the King of Kings. I'm yes. full of joy and I love the Lord and I love people. I do hair and makeup. I've been in the beauty <laughs> industry for 22 years and have been able to travel the world with my craft. Sometimes I look down at my makeup bag and think, wow, the places you have taken me. <laughs> but really, it was just God being good and ordaining and providing this adventure. I get mm. to live with him. And the the biggest passion of my heart with mm. what I do is I get to empower women with the truth that they are beautifully and wonderfully made mm. and that beauty and value, they're they're our birthright. Mm, you know, we so don't have true. to do anything to get it. We're born with that mm. and to live from that place, not for it. So that's a little bit about me. I'm in love with my hubby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How long have you guys been married as of today? Two? Uh, ten days will be two and a half years. Oh, my now. gosh. I yeah. thought it was almost like, oh, look at you now. Look at that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, numbers, guy, time <laughs> flies. We, we feel like we just got married. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you guys just got married. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. It's been two and a half years. <laughs> this didn't exist two and a half years ago though. So like it's been, it's flown by for so many reasons, but also so much has happened. 
It really Woo. Yeah. Yeah. So what about you, brother? What do you do? Man, so my name is Vincent Shakir. Uh, thanks again for having us, sisters. Yeah. It's an honor and a blessing. And I know we've been talking about it for a while. And yeah. thankfully, we've just all been busy. So, <laughs> so thankful for that, considering the alternative. You know, mm. when people say you're busy, it's like, well, you know, you could be bored. Uh, <laughs> True. So anyhow, um, at heart, I guess I would say I'm an entrepreneur. have a crazy mm-hmm. backstory. Uh, grew up without religion. Uh, my dad's Jewish. Mom uh, grew up Christian, uh, but they didn't talk about how they would raise me. So when mm. I was 12... Uh, we lived in Chicago at the time and decided, hey, Judaism's pretty rad. Get to learn a foreign <laughs> language, have a big party, you know, bar mitzvah kind of thing. And so it's like, all right, great. So learned about my heritage uh, through my dad and everything. And then um, moved to Alabama at age 15. Mm. and started hearing more about this Jesus fellow. <laughs> uh, so I, I was, of course, around, you know, the Christian faith and those types of things. But it was quite a while before I found uh, I guess what I was looking for, mm. just needing to to really have a relationship with Jesus, so that I could say, mm. "Yeah, this is this is the truth, the way and the light." Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I found just an incredible, incredible church uh, that I plugged into senior year of high school, and then mm. two days after high school graduation, I got saved. Unbelievable ride since then. Yes, thank you, Jesus, and uh, gotten. Uh, to travel the world, uh, you know, as, mm. as just a biggest blessing. Mm. And not only that, I guess I'm an entrepreneur at heart, uh, just with all of my crazy background uh, <laughs> that I have professionally. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just kind of really maybe to a fault have just said, God, have your, have your way. I'm like, oh, maybe this, maybe that, you know. Uh, but it's, it's really amazing in the last uh, just year or so, perhaps a little bit longer than that, I've really just... Uh, been been given the peace from the Lord to mm-hmm. to understand why I have such a crazy background mm-hmm. and, and almost mm-hmm. in the blink of an eye when God will show you a vision of just the way that he was leading you for all these mm-hmm. years and why you've experienced this that or the other mm-hmm. thing in the blink of an eye whether you're you know doing chores around the house or you're mm-hmm. at church praying on your knees or you know at home similarly and you just realize all of a sudden like wow Thank you, God. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm relaxing into is just mm. is just the fact that God has given me so many different passions, and mm. I can't really say that I have an elevator pitch. Which <laughs> Jessica asked I me. I married uh, a Renaissance man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You could do. Time. We were joking that you can do everything before this, <laughs> even makeup. It's amazing. Like true story. True story. <laughs> Literally. But I think just life and and all of God's creation just fascinates me. Mm. I, I just think uh, you know everybody has something beautiful mm. you know, to share. And beautiful talents and and I just I just love people. So. <laughs> I love you two together. You're both like so joyous and loving towards people and God. And and I love that God brought you two together. So I kind of would love to just dive into your story because your story touches on a variety of things that a lot of single people today deal with. Um, and now since Heart of Dating has been around for a year and a half, I've heard it all, you know, all the dating stories, all the dating pains, which I can relate to many of them. But some of them are, you know, being single and in your 30s or like, you know, just waiting and feeling like everyone else is getting married except for you. And another one is waiting to have sex until marriage or say you've had sex and then you are you make another vow to God that you don't want to have sex. And then now what? Like I'm in my thirties or whatever. And this is so difficult. Right. And another topic also I know is a part of your story, which we'll dive into a bit is dating after divorce. And a lot of people in our community actually, uh, 
really have reached out to me like, Kate, we need to talk about that more. I'm like, yes, we do. Because a lot of times church doesn't want to talk about a ton. So, so for right now, there's so much to cover so many good things. Mm -hmm. I know we're going to touch today, but what I would like to do is just start at the top. So really starting the conversation today, talking about what it was like for you guys getting married later in life. Um, how old were you both when you got married? I was a 36-year-old virgin when there I walked out of the aisle, did the yeah. love of my life. True story. I was 34. <laughs> hey, hey there she is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that's like already a testimony. 36, oh, 34, yeah. like there's so many factors there. And you guys had so much hope and so much joy on your wedding day. And But there's a lot of people that just are feeling like their bucket is dry of hope. Mm-hmm. There's like not a lot of hope in their hope bucket. It right now. Um, so how did you guys manage to remain hope-filled and joy-filled through the process of just, you know, I, I hate just saying waiting because that's not just waiting. I know Jess, you and I have talked about that a lot, but until like you got married, like what was that like to find hope and joy in that season? Mm, I had a lot of decades to refine <laughs> that, Kate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the main thing is I realized I can't feed two things at one time. I can't feed into Mm. my hope and into my hopelessness at the same time. And I know that whatever you feed the most will be strongest in your life. Mm. So I don't know how old I was when I really had this heart-to-heart conversation with the Lord. But I said, God, I... I don't want to live my life feeling hopeless. I Mm. want to feel alive, fully alive, fully aligned with your will for me and authentically me. Mm. And with that being said, every time I was tempted to feed my hopelessness, every time a date failed, a relationship, well, yeah, I've had some failed dates. (laughs) But I feel like not every relationship that doesn't lead to marriage is a failure, not at all. I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot of beauty and learning and growth. But with every failed relationship, what I was thinking at the time, with every invitation to be a bridesmaid again, Mm -hmm. to plan a bridal shower again, at Mm -hmm. one point then to plan baby showers again. I realized I was tempted to feed into hopelessness. Like, Mm. again, when, God, when is it my turn? Right. And I was real with him in that moment. But God would go, ah, choose today. What are you going to feed? Are you going to feed hope or hopelessness? Mm. Well, God, I'm going to feed hope because one day I want to be married. And God, I know that's your plan for me. Mm. I really felt deep in my gut, deep in my heart that God wanted me to be married because that desire was growing. Mm. So every time I felt tempted to act out in hopelessness, yep. complain, yep. I would let myself do that for a little bit. But then I go, no, just feed into hope. Mm. Feed into hope because you're training your mind right now. You're training your brain right now yes. to see beauty, to find beauty. Mm. And you're training your yourself to celebrate the women in your life that mm. they're walking into a season of love and marriage and dreams coming true. Yeah. And if I could do that for them, they could do that for me, you know, mm. and it feels good. It feels good to be that kind of person. Yeah. I just, I realized I wasn't feeling truthful. I didn't feel good complaining all the time about where is he and what am I doing wrong? And God, are you holding out on me? Mm. But I do want to be honest. I had those feelings, Mm -hmm. but I didn't let myself live in 
those feelings. Yeah. It's like you could, you taste it for a second. You're like, I know what this feels like. I feel some hopelessness, but I can choose and I'm going to choose tomorrow, like not to feed into that. No longer the comparison, no longer the hopelessness, no longer the toxic lies that are coming to my mind saying like, it's never going to happen for you. Mm -hmm. See their story, never going to, like, that's what I feel like we just are tempted to go into. It's like, okay, God, but like, then I'm just dating this like frog over here and like it's just not going well the other thing about that Kate is you have to be real with God about where you are you cannot sweep emotions under the rug Um, and emotions Mm -hmm. are like a quick feeling that comes over you it's um, Mm. instantaneous usually but we get to apply our own definition to that emotion. Yeah. You know, so when I was feeling hopeless, okay, well, I get to apply a definition. What I'm feeling right now is longing and desire. God, I'm mm. going to give that to you. I'm going to not start that longing and desire. I'm actually going to feed it. I mm. wrote to my husband, you baby, for 12 <laughs> years in oh, a yes. journal before I ever met him. Yeah. That helped quiet my impatient heart so many times throughout the decades mm. of praying and preparing and waiting. Yes. Uh, but the the thing I want to encourage your listeners with right now, because I wish I was encouraged with this more in my yeah. single years, you have to be able to say, but God, even if you don't, mm. even yep. if you don't give me what I truly long for and desire what I'm praying for. Even if you don't, I will serve you. Mm. Like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego in Daniel 3. Three Jewish men in Babylon were put on the spot, really. Mm. And they said, "Yeah, our God will rescue us. We know that full well. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow down to you. Yeah. And God kept bringing me back to that passage where I can simultaneously have the you know, total confidence that Mm. God has my back Mm. and he is going to give me the desires of my heart that are in alignment with his and that I'll be married one day. But at the same time, I was able to say, and then God, but even if you don't, I will still love you and I will love the adventure of this life with Mm. you. So So I had to get to that point. That is like a profound moment, just like mm-hmm. to get to that moment, like the the fact that you were able to do that. I just want so many men and women to sink into that because it's not easy to, but they're mm-hmm. so like, that is the ultimate, like God's like, but am I enough actually at the end mm-hmm. of the day? Like, will you still love me? Will you still serve me? Even if I don't, which, Absolutely. yeah. And so, gosh. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So Vincent, for you, I guess, what would it look like? You were 34 when you and Jess got married, but like, you know, you had years of singleness before that too. So how did you find moments of hope? How did you cling to hope and joy within the season that maybe just was feeling a little treacherous or a little bit lonely? Well, um, not sure if it's appropriate to get into it now, but mm. I can go ahead and yeah. just give my backstory yeah. a little bit. So being from Alabama originally, uh, and then that's where uh, I got saved and attended University of Alabama as well. Uh, in the South, what do you do? You go to college and get married. <laughs> yes. So, uh, that's what happened. Uh, you know, young yeah. lady from uh, university and her faith, uh, you know, is rooted in her family, great mm. family, those types of things. And so um, I graduated and got married um just like the next month no like right Uh, after oh yep yep so essentially super crazy uh Mm -hmm. fast forward we both liked 
New York and, and mm-hmm. bigger city and that type of thing. So job kind of took us there. Yeah. Uh, and we went uh, there and didn't really get plugged into a church. Mm. Didn't really have anyone else that we knew there. And so things just slowly but surely fell apart. Mm. And one day we were having a conversation and, um, you know, not to disclose any any details or anything. But I was like, wow, I I don't think this is the person that I married or that I thought mm. I was marrying. So, wow. yeah, at 24, uh, mm. I got divorced because it was three days, I think, before I turned 22 that we got married. So, wow. I mean, but we had been separated for a while and things ended up, you know, quite quite amicable, um, mm. you know. But at the same time, I was just like, wow, like I clearly yeah. didn't know myself. I clearly didn't know her. Mm. We clearly didn't you know, go about this the right way and yeah. that type of thing. And and I, I feel that a lot of what happens these days is all of that comparison that mm. the enemy tries to get us to yes. agree with. You know what? Well, so-and-so and her and him and, oh, my gosh, celebrities or whatever that is, mm. whatever that looks like and however the enemy can communicate that to you and relate that to you and get you to begin to believe yeah, will then get you to compare. And then he leaves these little breadcrumbs that we follow. And then before you know it, you're 24 and getting divorced yeah. in New York City where yeah. you know nobody, you have no family. Mm. And then what the enemy really got me to believe mm. was that I needed to judge myself. And yeah. that the people from my church family in Alabama were going to judge me when they found out. And mm. when I visited Alabama, I hid from them. Mm. When I went to Alabama, a buddy of mine got married and uh, he was one of my best friends in college. And mm. my whole college career was like church, mm. praise and worship, yeah. taking instruments out on, you know, like where people would be mm. uh, late at night on weekends and whatever, you know, walk into the bar and whatever. And we'd be out there with instruments like, oh, wow. you know, just mm. playing and people be like, hey, what are y'all doing, man? You know, like, it's like, oh, we're, we're still a little praise and worship, you know, like. Let's start a conversation. What, yeah. talk, what, what do you mean, Jesus, man? You know, like that kind of stuff. And and so literally we got to witness to people, you know, on the strip. Wow. And so this is one of my friends that was getting married that I had this incredible relationship with. Mm. But going back to the South to visit and be there for his wedding, I was mm. so caught up in judging myself and mm. projecting the fact that other people were judging me, mm, right. even though they pretty much were not. Mm. Wow. I was so entrapped in that lie yeah. that I I just had such an incredibly difficult time. Mm. Um, so for me, a lot of that uh, that time and then getting back to the point where I could be healthy in a relationship, man, that took forever mm. because what do we do? We look to like, what makes sense? All right. So what makes sense for me and what people are telling me is, oh, I need to date somebody. Oh, mm. I need to get back out there and things have changed and or whatever. Kind of thing. <laughs> yep. It's like, what? That makes no sense. Yeah. You know, if you want to know yourself, you got to find out and, and know and have an identity mm. in the one that created you. Yes. And so. Not um, try to get it from everything else. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, again, the things that made sense didn't serve me, mm. you know, going out and trying to meet people and even like trying to meet people through friends and whatever. Like, no, because I was not in a good place. Yeah. So um, failed relationship after failed relationship mm. and, you know looking for comfort in the wrong things whether even if it was just hanging out with like my guy friends and whatever and that kind of like literally what i really needed most was just to you know surrender Mm. and and just i was already on my back spiritually but i wasn't i still wasn't looking up literally if i had just 
turned ever so gently. Hmm. And, you know, when I did turn the slightest bit, he was just right there mm. to tangibly, you know, hold me and comfort mm. me. So really mm. what it took for me uh, to find peace in that, in that time uh, was just finally surrendering. Mm. And so um, a few years later, uh, I moved back to the South, actually, even though, you know, it's difficult to live in the South. It's a different pace of life. Yep, you know, people yep. are different. All Especially my friends, after New York, babe. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Because in New York, it's cool to be, you know, older. And single, <laughs> single yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. And totally California really. and wherever else. And it's like, mm -hmm. Vincent, why the heck are you moving to Alabama? <laughs> But I was be the siloed only single person. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. I mean, friends of mine that had gotten married, having kids who are, you know, their exact same age as me when they got married, have kids that are almost teenagers and things like mm. that. And they have, you know, all these other things going yet again, that comparison. So what happened uh, was I was in New York and I was putting away some laundry and I was putting a pair of socks in the drawer. And all of a sudden God said, move back to Alabama. I said, what? <laughs> like, Why? really? Yeah. And, and but. But really, uh, that same situation, I was praying, like, Lord, why have you not made good on these mm. promises? Mm. Because I feel in prayer that we need to, exactly like Jessica was saying, be honest with God. Mm. You know, don't just pray the pretty prayer and fluffy God yeah. stuff. Like, be real with God. He's supposed to be our friend. Yeah. He's supposed to be someone Like, the that, Psalms are two-thirds laments. Like, exactly. crying out to God, like, what is going yes, on? You cry with God. You dance with God. You, mm. you know, you shout to God. You be you angry know, sometimes. Praise, yeah. Be angry, but just be real. You know, so much of society and whatever else tells us mm -hmm. we must do this or must do that. And unfortunately, yes, even, you know, some of the, the faith-based organizations and stuff like that, they, they just shun away from being real and, you know, right. it's like this Instagram highlight reel type of a thing. We're not allowed to say like, it has to be, but God is good at the end of every sentence right. versus just being like, I'm just kind of like having a tough time right now, guys. Yeah, so Period. Stop. Like, that's it. I'm right. working through it. God, I suck at this. Help me, please. Like, God, I'm so frustrated. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like, being real, that helps you be real with yourself. Mm -hmm. Because when you have emotions and you have thoughts and things, you absorb 100% of that. When I have a conversation with somebody and I'm all into their story and things like that, I'm still going to forget details. But if I'm telling myself that I am this or I am judging myself for that, I believe 100% of that. And yeah. before I know it, I'm in this sort of a pattern of thinking mm. or I'm in this sort of a situation and not, mm. not really just surrendering any of myself. So I moved back to Alabama and right after that, the tornado came through Tuscaloosa, <laughs> Alabama, where I'm oh, from. Wow. And I got a chance to volunteer for months. Wow. And the only thing that was not destroyed in this part of town was a church. Oh my God. So uh, it was amazing. Just I, I was literally at a church every day because I was helping, you know, rebuild and wow. you know, helping to serve folks that were um, either helping with um, like volunteering themselves or mm. people who had lost their homes. We were feeding and running a mobile kitchen oh, wow. um, and then met lots and lots of people. Uh, from California. <laughs> so uh, came out to California basically yeah, on Callie. a prayer because uh, <laughs> God just every day was bringing something into my life wow. that had to do with California. So uh, just to fast forward a bit, I still, you know, had had issue with, mm. you know, this, this judgment. Oh man, I'm that guy. Mm. I'm divorced. You know, mm. I'm, I'm 24. Oh. You're putting this label on yourself. It's like, exactly. And yeah. I was like, but I'm 30. And now I'm not only am I divorced, but I'm getting old now. 
mm-hmm. you know, and all my friends back in back home, you know, they have this, they've been married for this amount of time or they, you know, had this, whatever it is yeah. that I didn't have, I was agreeing with the enemy, mm-hmm. you know, that all of those things were something I really needed to pay attention to. Mm. So anyhow, finally, just through surrendering mm. and uh, letting God be God, yeah. was I able to then be okay on my own and then be ready to have a relationship with anyone else except him. Yes. I love what you just said too, Vincent. It brings up something I share with women in the program that I created. It's a heartbreak program, but it's like to ask these questions, like let God be God. So the questions I ask in in forming an intimacy-based identity is like, is do you really believe that God is good? But then second, because I think a lot of us can say, yeah, God's good. Like, yeah, he's good. Like we can say it, right? But the second question is, do you believe that God is good to you? Mm -hmm. There's a big disconnect often between those two things. So if we're stuck on number two, let's work through why we don't believe that God is, why you don't believe Mm -hmm. God is good to you. And then the third question is, if you can accept God is good to you, then do you trust God to be God? in all things, you know, because if you do, if you try, if you believe he's good and he's good to you, then do you trust him to do what he said he's going to do? And I love that you said that just brings that up for me, because a lot of times I think in singleness, we're stuck with, oh, God's good. I can see him being good for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I believe that is possible. That amazing marriage is possible for that friend or this person, but I don't believe it's possible (laughs) for me, you know, or if we finally can say, yeah, it could be possible for me. Then we're like, we try to control everything and we don't actually trust that God is going to do what he's going like that. He can make it happen. (laughs) We're like, we have to control every aspect of it and that won't work for us. You know, I did something so bad against God. Yeah. There's just no way I've missed it. You know, Mm -hmm. the the boat's left, you know, everyone else is going, you know, but it's, it's one of those where, uh, you know, we're reminded in Hebrews three about the Israelites not entering the promised land. Mm. Why? Because of their unbelief. Mm-hmm. And they had just experienced this miracle of coming out of Egypt and yep. all of this. And then the 40 years in the desert was for them, not for God. God didn't need that amount of time, <laughs> you know, but all of this where he's allowing them, you know, to go through this journey and mm-hmm. be ready. And OK, all right, you, my kids, you, you're not really getting it. So let's, you know, get to this point. And then they're not allowed to enter at all because yeah. of their so i mean that's that's something that uh essentially if you believe something probably gonna happen mm-hmm. why because you agree with that right 100 and babe what you just brought up reminded us in the bible we can learn that we can't shorten the wilderness that God yes has i was just thinking that just yeah we could definitely prolong it and how do you prolong it exactly <laughs> not obeying the lord not being in alignment with his word doubting yeah. disbelief not letting God be God, trying to control the outcome, putting your identity in relationships, Mm -hmm. putting limitations on God. Totally, Or put an ultimatum like, God, I'm going to serve and do all these things and be this perfect, amazing Christian so that Uh you'll bring me my husband. Like here's so many women saying that it's a conditional and whether or not you admit it, out loud some people's prayers are that you know totally mm -hmm. exactly and and you know it's it's not about what we can get it's just like jessica saying like if even if i don't if god says even if i don't give you that will you still love me will Mm -hmm. you still serve me we are in this world Mm -hmm. and not a part of it 
to serve. Amen. Yeah. Not to receive. There's a so lot of freedom in that. Yeah. Because as a woman, as a single woman who is trying to do everything right, Lord, yeah. you know, and still not walking into the promised land in this particular regard, when God was giving me so many beautiful adventures with him. And at one point I'm thinking, wow, I'm concentrating way too much on this one particular outcome. Right. And there was freedom when I allowed God to be the God of my outcome in my in regard to my love life. Mm. And one question that I love too to ask myself even now on the things I'm waiting for, and women listening who are single, waiting for their husband, praying for their husband. Mm. If you didn't have that pain point. If you didn't have mm-hmm. that disappointment, that lingering hopelessness, who would you be? Mm. Who would you be if you didn't have to fight through that pain all the time? Visualize that. Totally. Who would you be? Mm. Be that girl. Be that girl now. Mm. You know, so at one point I thought, oh. well, dude, instead of waiting for the dream man, I'm going to become my dream girl. Who do I want to be? Yes. I get to choose who I get to be mm. in this world and how so I show good. up. And that made all the difference when three decades later, (laughs) I meet the love of my life. And I, you bring you into every season you go into, right? Mm. You bring you into your marriage. Mm. And so at that point, I had so much freedom, truly, because I worked through all of that guilt and shame and, you know, Mm. it's an ongoing uh, daily discipline, of course, but God freed me basically Mm. while I was single. Then I was able to walk into a marriage free. How many of us want that? Mm. We all want that, right? Mm. So we get to do that. We get to, we don't have to, we get to do the work while we're single so that you can walk down the aisle and vow and give your whole heart, not pieces of your heart, not a Mm. broken heart, not a shattered heart, your whole heart and who could make your heart whole no one Mm. but jesus no one but the love of god the Mm. best way to do that is when you're single when it's just you and god Mm, that's so good Okay, friends, I just want to take a quick break in our amazing episode today to share with you our incredible sponsor for this episode. This episode is brought to you by Denison Ministries. Denison Ministries is a movement creating 7 million culture-changing Christians who are committed to carrying out the truths of the gospel to their sphere of influence. One of my favorite ways that Denison Ministries is helping Christians feel closer to God is through their First 15 devotional. First 15 is designed to help you spend the first 15 minutes of your day experiencing God through meaningful devotionals, scripture, worship, and prayer. Now, we always talk about how singleness and dating is the perfect season to grow closer to God, right? I mean, it really is. We can't waste this time. We have to make the most of every moment that we have. We really do. The additional time that we have now needs to be spent growing closer to God as much as we possibly can. So if you hear me saying that right now and you're like, yeah, Kate, that's great and all, but I am busy, friend. Well, I hear you. I am also busy at doing awesome things as I'm sure you're doing too. But here's a deal. Can you not at least spend 15 minutes a day studying and being with God? I mean, that is at least a priority we should be making in our life right now. So friend, I want to encourage you to sign up for the first 15 email devotional that can be sent directly to your inbox at first15.org forward slash subscribe. Or you can even start your day off with the first 15 devotional podcast and listen to that anywhere that's convenient for you. 
Join me in doing this simple but really, really impactful discipline so we can together really begin pressing into knowing God in a bigger and better way in our singleness. Okay, I have a quick follow-up question on that. So, I mean, when I just mic drop, end of episode, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, so talking about the heart and talking about like broken hearts and giving your heart and yeah. dating, right? Like, how did you guys not give all of your hearts away while dating? Because I feel like what I see, especially after, it's something about, maybe I don't want to just put the 30 on it, but it's an age where after some age, you're like, I'm all in <laughs> because I want yeah. this outcome to happen so badly. How did you guys navigate just not giving your whole hearts when it was something you both really desired? Well, I have to give glory to God on this one and thank the Holy Spirit. Oh my gosh, thank you for keeping me from walking down <laughs> a road that I was not meant to walk down. And trust me, I I tried. <laughs> I forced. <laughs> I tried my hardest a lot of times, but God was so good to me that he didn't allow it to happen because mm. it wasn't meant for me. And I dated a lot. Hubby, plug your ears. I'm kidding. I dated a lot. Magnified. My answer is very similar. So no it judgment. It is true. Let's remember the conversation. We're I, love here. I love people. <laughs> I, I, I love people. I love doing life with people, you know, I'm not shy. <laughs> so I dated a lot. And then a lot of people, Kate, I think you yep. relate. Mm -hmm. A lot of people would try to set me up. A lot of people would set mm -hmm. me up. Mm -hmm. Well, along the way, in my heart of hearts, I knew that I could easily get distracted with all yep. the movement, if you will. <laughs> and I prayed to the Lord. I, I remember what age I was. I was 16. And I wrote in my diary a fresh page, actually a fresh diary, first page. So that first page meant a lot to me. <laughs> and I wrote, Lord, I give you the key to my heart. So no man may take it without going to you first. Mm -hmm. And I have to say there probably, well, there are three boys, boys in my past that I thought I would marry. Mm -hmm. And looking back, perhaps if we walk down that road. Yeah. And if they asked me the question at 21, I might've thought in my head, actually, yeah, that sounds about right. I'm yeah. Virgin, yeah. I'm totally. Waiting. God is good. I'm 21. <laughs> my first love. Let's do it. <laughs> Woohoo! But, but God. Sexy time. Words, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but God. God. But God took that promise. Mm. I made him faithfully. Even mm. when we are faithless, he is faithful. Mm. Even when I tried to take that key out of his hand, like, give me back that key. I know yeah. what I want. Mm. I'm going to make my decision. I literally would have a visual of God dangling a key. Uh, uh, uh. You gave me the key to your heart. I'm holding up my side of the bargain, even if you don't want to hold up <laughs> of your side of the bargain. That right? is God's love. That is God's, God's love. Seriously, the protection in that. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, my gosh, y'all. And so every time a relationship didn't work out, every time I was broken up with, and every time I felt deep in my gut, and actually I would do more of the breaking up because it was a gut, deep, deep, deep gut knowing that he wasn't yeah. the one I was supposed to marry. I'm like, mm. no, really, God, no, <laughs> him, come on. But there are so many good things. Right? Yeah. So whether it be I was doing the breaking up or they were ending the relationship, 
I would remember, God, uh, 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 I have the key. Mm. I'm holding the key to your heart because you gave it to me. And a a funny story is I was set up with a a good Christian guy and we were meeting at a coffee shop, like a good Christian first date, you know? Was it a Christian coffee shop? Uh, oh my gosh, just make it extra. Oh wow, we just have to go there. And I walked into the coffee shop. No sign of him. Okay, I waited. No sign of him. Uh, we've talked on the phone four or five times. We mm. had mutual friends. Our families were friends. And a little bit in my heart was like, oh my gosh, did he stand me up? No, 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 no. He's a family friend. He wouldn't do that. So I go back in my car and I'm waiting for him and I call it went straight to voicemail. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then I called my mom and I told her what happened. And she went, oh, honey, I'm sorry. I'm like, what? What did you do, mom? Mm. And she goes, I prayed and I begged, Lord, if this isn't her, her husband, don't let him show up at the coffee shop. <laughs> like, yeah. mom. Thanks, mommy. Right? <laughs> She's like, I'm sorry. Right? But God is She's faithful. Awesome. You know? Oh, and my gosh, Patty. Right? Thank you, mom. Thank you, mom. <laughs> but... Or not a but. And the, one of my first heartbreaks, the, you know how the first can kind of be the biggest and the mm, hardest to get over? Sure. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I, at the time, in my young 20s, I thought I would marry uh, this one. And my mom came into the room, and she pulled my arm. She's like, come here, come here. I'm like, Mom, I, I'm not in the mood for a pet talk, you know. <laughs> and all she did was say, come here, come here. So I followed. We went out in the front yard. It was nighttime. And we leaned on the car on the driveway. She folded her arms across her chest and she pointed up. And I looked up and I saw the sky and the stars. And I was reminded that this is where my help comes from. Look up, look up to the hill is where your help comes from. And I was reminded of, Mm. I am not in control, but my God is. And I have already given him permission to write my love story. So I'm just going to rest here and cry out to him here, but know that his peace is is in me, and I get mm. to embrace that gift right now, right mm. in the midst of my heartbreak. Yeah. And I always tell my mom, Mom, that was one of the wisest things you've ever done for me that you could have done in that mm. moment. All she did was take me outside, point up, and we sat there underneath an open sky for a long while. Wow. Mm-hmm. Love it. It's beautiful. If I may also chime in on that question. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm someone who from a very young age was like with my upbringing and things, Mm. I always felt a need to please people and a need to make other people like me or whatever. Mm. He's a two on the Enneagram. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't know that for sure, by the way, she's, she'll like say stuff and like, Hey babe, this sounds like you. And I'll like, yeah, sure. Let's get around and taking the test sometime. I've never (laughs) taken the test. I think you're a two. Okay. Phantom two at this point. (laughs) Anyhow, all that to say, yeah, I, got my heart broken mm. more times than I can count. And, mm. you know, in, in the time after the divorce, because actually leading up to my, my young marriage, she was my first. Yeah. Uh, so very, very protected uh, mm. just by God, you know, up and up until then. After I, I did not um, go about things the right way. Mm. And I tried to make people like me and tried to, you know, uh, make relationships work and, mm. you know, physically, you know, I, I did not, uh, you mm. know, go about things the right way. Yeah. And, uh, so essentially what it finally was is, is just 
saying, all right, you know, Mm -hmm. nothing that I've tried in my own strength Mm -hmm. has ever worked, Mm -hmm. especially in relationships, not to mention blah, 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 all the rest Mm -hmm. of life. So um, just to fast forward a bit to Jessica and I, Mm -hmm. another part of our story that we know you know, but I feel is very important for our listeners is um, that when Jessica and I met, I didn't really know that, you know, she at the time was 35 year old virgin. Uh, <laughs> she had just turned 35, actually. Yeah, day her. after my 35th birthday. I was that there. I met my future husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we met through a mutual friend uh, who we love and adore. He was part mm-hmm. of our wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Tim. And uh, essentially, when Jessica and I met, I knew that there was huge presence of the Lord in her. Mm. Um, and I knew that I was holding on to the promises that God had, mm. had made and nothing I'd ever tried had ever worked, of course. So mm. Jessica and I, uh, dated very slowly. Uh, <laughs> I say. remember that first so, month. <laughs> yeah, it was like a month, uh, after we met that we finally, uh, went out on a date. Uh-huh. We texted every day, and yep. uh, you know there were. I feel like I Facetimed you with you <laughs> at some point. Remember? Uh, yeah, I believe that's yeah. when yeah. I was in New York. Mm-hmm. And the amazing <laughs> thing is, that's the part of the story I was going to share. Is mm. that while I was in New York and Jessica was out here in California, we had I had some work stuff going on. Um, we both heard from the Lord through Holy Spirit that we should not kiss until we're engaged. <laughs> She, in her moment of, you know, if it was prayer, I believe she's Mm -hmm. like, well, I'm not going to tell him a man that you tell him. Literally. That's what she told God. You're like, no, well, God, put that on his heart. Yeah. Yeah. Put a ring on it. Otherwise I'm not kissing you. God (laughs) told me the same, like, Hey, trust me. Right. Mm. You're supposed to trust me. You said you trust me. Show me that you trust wow you guys so we came back we were at cheesecake factory actually not sponsored by the way Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, but if you want to i'm open i'm just kidding Um, (laughs) but we're sitting next to each other in the booth uh talking and they were like closing the place Mm -hmm. down and just catching up reminiscing Mm uh you know on on how my trip had went and how Mm -hmm. things had been for her out here and we got on the topic and essentially I believe it was me mm-hmm. that said, what if we, what if we didn't totally. kiss until we're engaged, which is kind of like a leading, like, uh, <laughs> my jaw dropped, like, <gasps> like, you're like, wake up. What? That's crazy. But wait, we're going to get engaged. Type. <laughs> yeah. Of yeah. Like very a lot going on in that. <laughs> moment. You're like right. engagement. Also, wait, what? My prayer's being answered. <laughs> right? yeah. God, you did talk to him. <laughs> exactly. So she oh. goes, why would you say that? Did I say it like that? You then? said Exactly like that. Wow. And I, was I like, tried to be so chill right then, Kate, but in my heart, I'm like, You're like, oh, it worked. Oh, it worked. To, to me, it sounded like, heck no, I ain't doing that or something. You know, right. Something, because there are many ways that you can interpret Yes. It, it was her so, shock. She's like, anyhow, I was like, well, I don't know. You told me about, uh, you know, your friends that, that did something similar and that really uh, speaks to me. And God echoed that in my spirit mm. in prayer. So anyhow, we decided, all right. (laughs) And that basically uh, was just an incredible way for God to accelerate Mm. our relationship because we were both whole on our own with God. 
complete people. Yeah. Uh, after then, lots of healing. After yeah. Yeah. lots of healing, mm. lots of trials and tribulations. Mm. And just to throw in a little statistic for, you know, fellow divorcees out there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much it's changed, but, you know, the divorce rate, of course, is just skyrocketed. Yeah. Uh, and within the church, unfortunately, it is just as high, if not higher, yeah. uh, in certain parts of the country. But beyond that, the statistic is that people are remarried within two years after mm-hmm. getting divorced oh, wow. to someone else. So, they, Whoa. you know, they mm-hmm. dive back in. And, of course, well, that's not going to be uh, super successful unless you hear from the Lord. I'm not limiting God. Don't right. get me wrong. But you have to make sure that you are, you know, just completely satisfied and then some mm. with our dear Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And um, so, essentially, since that had been uh, when Jessica and I got married, that had been 10 years since wow. the divorce. Wow. So I knew uh, that that had been enough time, you right. know, and doesn't matter who, who was saying it is what I felt was right. So right. Some people may never feel like, Hey, you know, I'm going to enter into a partnership with somebody that's such a huge responsibility. Mm. And if I can't take care of myself, then how am I going to be joined with somebody and, and yoked with someone yeah, else yes, and responsible kind of- for, you know, these types of things. So you really have to think like, it's not about what we want mm. at all. It's about what God wants for us. And then what we might be robbing someone else mm-hmm. of if, right. if we put on that face and we're that person and we're, you know, but we haven't dealt with any, you know, if it's depression or it's this thing or that thing mm. and judging ourselves and not insecurity, exactly. Yeah, not shame. agreeing with what God says about us and the way right. God sees us and the way God created us, mm-hmm. uh, you know, outside of space and time. Yeah. You know, God exists. So, so good. uh, that really, uh, that time for Jessica and I to come together and then, set boundaries about the physical stuff allowed us within, I mean, it was within three months of us meeting that I was looking for wedding rings. Mm. I had no clue. (laughs) I already knew God had put in my spirit that this was my husband. Mm. And of course, you know, my young twenties, I had that thought, Mm. but back in my twenties and when I've had that thought before, it was accompanied with question and anxiety and what if, and oh, I hope and me grabbing on really tight to this idea. Well, this time around, it was a peace filled confidence with my hands wide open. Mm. Like, Lord, I, you've taught me, you have taught me by now that I can't <laughs> grasp onto anything too tight because yes. I've already given you permission to do your will in my life. Yeah. So I'm just going to rest in this peace and confidence. And I do believe that he is my husband, mm. but I had to wait. I waited. I waited for yeah. Vincent, you know, this new friend of mine <laughs> that I was already in love with. I waited for him to ask me out. And, Kinda. <laughs> and on our first date, it was the, one of the happiest days of my life. We went on a Ferris wheel. It was his first time ever on a Ferris it wheel. Was. But I remember thinking, I feel so peace-filled right mm. now, and I feel so known, <laughs> and I feel so beautiful and confident. Yes. Yes. And babe, that first date, he complimented me on an article that I had just written, and he wasn't just like, hey, great job on the article. He went into depth <laughs> about, mm. as I read this article, I can hear your voice. I love that you write just the way you talk and how you communicate. I'm thinking, wow. Well, it went on in the early days of dating. Men take notes. This is, this is, that's good. (laughs) Good. Mm. What went on that I recognized, 
wow, he's complimenting me on how I interact with my family, my love for the Lord, maybe my my powerful, passionate prayer life because ugh, I have been able to get through my life without mm-hmm. without that connection to heaven. But he would just compliment me on uh, so many different areas mm-hmm. of my life, but he wasn't telling me, wow, you're beautiful. You look gorgeous. And I began to think, oh, shoot, am I in the friend zone? <laughs> he has not told me once that I'm beautiful or sexy. And we've gone on a couple of days. Oh, God, am I just his friend? <laughs> oh, my God. But later, I remember the moment that he said, you look beautiful. I'm like, there it is. I'm getting married. You know, like, <laughs> and babe, tell them what you told me about uh, so essentially that was also a part of, um, I guess, I guess just something that the Lord has always had on my heart mm. is that if somebody has an outward appearance, mm. it doesn't mean a darn thing about what's really inside, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, you deal with that and you travel the world and you meet all sorts of people and <laughs> your heart's broken and you try to make a relationship work and blah, blah, blah. And all the mm. things I finally, I was like, God, all right, you know what? I literally could not care less about what someone looks like mm. just with my eyes closed. Can you please show me the true beauty of mm. whoever this woman is for me? Mm. And, um, he, Definitely did. Mm. Definitely did with Jessica. But, and of course, she's absolutely gorgeous on the outside. So (laughs) hearing her tell that story, I'm like, oh dear, did I hurt your heart a little bit? (laughs) Uh, But at the same time, that was also how I needed to keep myself in check Mm. within the relationship and allow God Mm. to maintain Mm -hmm. that that distance. And again, that's that physical boundary. Cause a lot of times, you know, in trying to make a relationship work, when you jump to the physical, mm-hmm. it, yeah. ju- it just distracts from whatever else yeah. can be taking place and should be taking place when yeah. you're figuring out what this person is really all about. Right. I agree. Because I yeah. lie to myself mm-hmm. all the time. Right. So mm-hmm. how do I know? And I believe those lies, by the way, <laughs> how do I know that someone else is or isn't telling the truth unless I allow God to give me that discernment. And then I can even, because God needs to take a frying pan and beat me over the head sometimes (laughs) know that it's his voice. And I'm fine with that because I think God has an amazing sense of humor. He's like, all right, Mm -hmm. I'm going to get a big old frying pan. You ask for it. (laughs) (laughs) You ready for this one? Okay. But he would over and over and over again. Mm. And it's, it's just become such a beautiful journey together mm. because of that. Yeah. And friendship was able to develop and exactly really our desire, which is such other. a big foundation yeah. of yeah. like and marriage, friendship, family and working together. Family. And mm. I yeah. mean, just all of those things. And it was, we were like best friends within a mm. month yeah. or two of dating. Mm. And I feel people singles, they, they long for it's a desire that we're born with for intimacy with someone. And so they they love to get into the intimacy maybe a little quickly, too quickly perhaps, yeah, because they need it and they want it and they desire it and it feels good. And the beauty mm. of intimacy and, and sexual intimacy is that it does in a way cover a multitude of sin. You know, it mm. can kind of within marriage reset. You know, mm. if you make up sex is an awesome thing, you know, you <laughs> You can Real come talk. together again and be connected and be one mm. and be whole together. Um, 
we're whole individually, but you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Within a marriage as a husband and wife. And I reflect back to all the times that I pushed the boundaries in a relationship and a dating relationship. And truthfully, anytime I did that, it was to cover up something that wasn't Mm. working. And when you do that, you're only jeopardizing yourself. You can't make a proper decision when you're covering up red flags when you're covering yeah, up situations. There's only so much that, that fits under the rug. Yeah. Right? Yes. <laughs> I swept it under there. And, no you know what the, and, and it's a mirage for what is happening in your relationship because you're like, well, we're connected in this mm-hmm. way. Like, so I can deal with this or I can deal with uh-huh. that because I'm connected with them in this like more sexual or physical way. Ooh, yeah. I can speak mm-hmm. from that experience mm-hmm. for sure. And you know what I love to remind myself? <laughs> like love is patient. Let's just stop there. <laughs> Let me just focus on that one. I would remind myself that when I was single. Oh I my truly gosh. Believe, I truly believe if we can get that part of it right, then everything else will be built on a solid foundation. If mm. we can just be patient with love, because love really is patient. Lust is not patient. Mm. So if we can get that truth while we're single, yeah. then we could build a healthy relationship. Then we could sit back and women sit back and observe. And watch how the man treats you. Watch how the man pursues you. More yep. importantly, watch how the man pursues the Lord. You Oof. know, like women, we don't have to try to make it work and try to make them ask us out quickly. Because I think I tried that with you, babe. It wasn't working. <laughs> kind of did. But you just sit back and you trust God, the God of the universe, to do what he told you he would do. He will make your path straight. You know, trust him to do what you promised each other. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you got to you got to be patient in love and patient mm, relationships. Absolutely. Gosh, how I love Jess and Vincent so much. Now, you guys, we ended up splitting this conversation into two parts. But if you want to connect with either Jess or Vincent right now, you can find them on Instagram at, at Jessica Shakir Beauty and at Vincent Shakir Photography. You can also find out more about Jessica's coaching and amazing programs by visiting mybeautybff.com. Also, this has really been on my heart, but I want to make a PSA. Okay, if you are single and find yourself saying you'd never date a divorced person, I have a problem with that. I really want you to challenge that. I've had people share that with me before, and especially hearing Vincent talk today about how much he felt judged, it's the perfect example of how we make someone who has been through divorce really feel. I think so clearly of Matthew 7, 5, we must take the plank out of our own eyes first. Ultimate grace covers all of our past friends, so don't let that be something that holds you back or judges someone. All right, that's enough of my pedestal, but I really just felt convicted to share that. Can't wait to see y'all next week for part two of our conversation. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.